0: Hello and welcome to The Consistency Project with E.C. Sinkowski. My name is Patrick Cummings and every week I have the distinct privilege of presenting E.C. with a question about nutrition, fitness, and the choices we can all make to live a healthier, more functional life. By exploring both the principles at play and the actions worth taking as a result, we aim to get you thinking, get you moving, and get you taking more consistent steps toward optimizing your well-being. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. How are you, EC?
1: Great. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic. Today, we're going to, as we often do, dive back into your Instagram. And you posted something a little while back. The text on the image was, body composition determines progress. And then what really kind of caught my attention and what I think we're going to kind of dive into today is something you wrote in the caption. You said, I get a lot of questions about people not knowing how much to eat. Your body composition tells you. That's kind of where I want to start. What are people looking for and what are they maybe not seeing or why are they not seeing their own body composition as the education they need to make some decisions down the road? Like, where is the disconnect there from what you've seen?
1: Yeah. So your body composition is an excellent metric of telling you how much to eat. And I I think some of the confusion comes into play because there's so many resources out there to tell you about how much to eat, right? Like there's so many websites to give you your macro numbers. There's trackers that you have that are telling you you're burning this many calories in your workout. There's coaches. I mean, when you go to a macro coach, they're telling you, okay, these are the different numbers to hit. And so People are have all these external resources to figure out how much to eat, yet they're sort of walking around with the best metric they got, and that's their own body composition.
0: (laughs) Mm. And what about the trackers or even the coach? Like, what about the numbers that are being given to folks? Like, why isn't that? You know, we always like to think that like, you know, what we need is more data, right? Why isn't that data? More valuable in your mind than just like I don't know looking in the mirror and saying what what is what does this look like?
1: yeah, well, th- it's interesting. I mean, we do need specific numbers to follow to really drive these weight changes. You know when you really want to get into what's happening when you're losing weight or improving your body composition, which is what most people are after here, we do have to hit less calories than what we've been eating before and to make sure that those macronutrient distribution of those calories are actually going in a favorable way to drive fat loss so There are actual numbers (laughs) that come Mm. into play that will be true for me to lose fat, right? There's a certain number of protein, carb, and fat grams for me to hit to drive that change. I think, though, where people get a little bit lost is that these numbers from external sources are all estimates. You know, Mm. there's so many different factors that come into play. To be able to get, come up with these specific numbers from how old you are, whether or not you're male, female, what's your current training volume and capacity, what are your genetics? I mean, some people just burn more calories uh, naturally. Other people don't, other people don't. So there's so many different factors that these cal, uh, these calculators and these coaches are using to come up with an estimate. And they're just a starting point. And that's, I think, also what people kind of lose sight of is that these numbers are a way to get started. And there is some number that is their perfect number but what these apps and trackers are, are not yet your perfect number.
0: Interesting, so there, there, there is value in them, but only if they're looked at as the starting spot and not the be all end all perfect number. And I have to, This is, this is where I begin and end.
1: Totally. I mean, I like to say that they are kind of like our best estimates, online calculators, coaches, even experienced coaches, they're our best estimates, but they're not precise to you. You know, these estimates are really hard to make. I mean, think about it. For example, if I was to develop a, and I have one, a macro calculator for people, you know, I make assumptions about what activities they're doing and their intensity at which they're Mm -hmm. doing activities, because I speak to largely a CrossFit audience. You know, That's going to be different than a group that might be the bodybuilding community that's trying to, you know, maximize muscle hypertrophy, you know, in their volume. And right, so right. all of these things are so variable. And then, like I said, genetics is really interesting. I mean, you know, some people that are like the hard gainers, you can think about them, they burn calories, like a Ford F-150 burns gas and versus a, a you know yeah. somebody who burns <laughs> calories like a Prius or something like that that's way more efficient. So there's all these variable factors that are impossible per- to predict. And I'm going to make assumptions about my audience and and that's what they're going to get as the output. But they really then need to take those numbers, whatever they are, from online, coach, whoever, app, I don't care what it is, and they need to put them into practice and see the effect. And that's where the magic is. It's not that some coach knows your perfect number. It's that they got pretty close to a starting point that's not, you know, wildly off. And then you still determined if they were your perfect numbers. And if not, you tweak them based on your results.
0: Mm-hmm. we're talking about or at least we're starting from a place with an individual who wants to adjust body composition to some degree and one of the things i think you, you said was you know you've got to focus on you've got to pay attention to the calories and the distribution of calories and the macros and whatnot and i'll be honest there was a point in my own understanding and learning about nutrition and whatnot and and especially kind of with crossFit as being the avenue through which i learned that where you kind of a lot of people end up feeling like uh, calories don't actually count, (laughs) like they don't actually matter. Like everybody's been, you've been sold a bill of goods from, you know, weight watchers or whatever the calorie, you got to count calories. But what you're saying is that actually, they are important. Why is it so easy to cast them aside as not being as important as they are?
1: Yeah, calories do matter, for sure. That's principle one, they determine your weight, and then how those calories are, are split up determine your body composition. That's principle two. And I think what gets confusing for people and why calories get cast aside is that's the underlying physiology that's occurring, whether or not you count them. And so there are ways to improve your body composition without actually doing macros. And there are ways to improve your body composition without counting calories. And that's what, probably 99% of diets try to do is they try to get around having to weigh and measure everything because people don't mm. want to weigh and measure everything. And, and you can say this is true with yeah. the 800 gram challenge. You could say this is true with intermittent fasting, whatever it is. It's all of these rules to try to basically control quantity in a shorthand way that's not counting calories and counting macros because people don't want to do it. But if you actually lose the weight, if you actually improve the body composition, what has happened is that you have reduced your calories and you have impr- reduce those calories in a macronutrient distribution that is favorable to fat loss, not just weight loss. And so I think that's where there's some confusion is that you can achieve the results you want without necessarily tracking on all of these things. But this is in fact, what is happening if you achieve the results you want.
0: <laughs> mm. And so is what you're advocating for to some degree, paying less attention to the numbers and more literally, like, did you lose five pounds or did you not lose five? Like, where is the blend of the, like, where are both of them useful and where is there maybe an over-reliance on one versus an under-reliance on the other?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... It's always coming back to your results, right? Like if you don't Mm. have the body composition you want, if you don't have the weight you want, what you're eating is not getting the results you want. (laughs) And one of the phrases I like to say is that your weight and your body composition don't lie. And this is why Mm. this is your best indication of what's going on in your diet, not what the numbers your coach gave, not how many calories your app said, you know, you burned in this workout. You know, I get that question all the time. It's like, my app told me I burned so many calories, I don't think I'm eating enough. And it's like, well, do you still have weight to lose? You know, you probably are eating enough. Mm. And so you always want to be checking in with kind of the end result, your weight and your body composition. And if if those aren't trending, going in the direction that you want, then we have to get more specific with the numbers. And, And that comes up kind of in my progression and something we talked about in the last podcast, but it's like, if you're not seeing the results you want from the intermittent fasting, from the paleo, whatever approach it is, it might be time to dive into these numbers and get more specific because that is really how you're going to drive these changes that you want.
0: You said it a couple of times now. And, and I think, you you know, you talk about, you know, my workout told me I burned X number of calories, right? And you and I have spent enough time on a concept Two rower to know that like you can, you know, you can set it to measure calories, right? Are the calories that we talk about nutritionally how are they related to the calories that whether it's a fitbit or a your apple watch or the concept two rower how are they related to the calories that these devices are saying that we're burning are they, i assume that there's a relation mm-hmm. to them but are they guesstimates at best is mm-hmm. there <laughs> what i fear is that we're using the same word to mean two different things yeah but you tell me
1: yeah I think it's it's hard for people to kind of make that connection between the two, but yeah, when you see calories on the back of a nutrition label or there's a hundred calories in an apple or whatever it is, that's an estimate of how much energy you're going to get from that food because that's what calories is It's a measurement of e- energy, mm. and so that's also yep. what the Fitbit or the concept two rower is trying to do. It's like you've you know. Exerted this much energy in that effort, and so they really are kind of one for one. But it's hard to kind of see the apple and then like think of the Concept Two and think they're the same thing. But yeah, I mean they're just measuring how much energy, whether or not you ate it or whether or not you burned it. They really are the same measurement. Now <laughs> the problem is these devices, Concept Two Row or in the Fitbit, nothing against them, but they're doing their best to figure out okay, this person's this body weight they're pressing at this much force or they're pulling this fast. Okay. So that probably means that their height and weight, that they're going to burn this many calories. Well, there's some error there. There just has to be right. I mean, just different force production, different body size. They're not going to get it right across everybody. And so that's where there's a disconnect That even though there's errors in what's on our nutrition labels there's also going to be errors in kind of how much is burned and so there won't be like okay well i just ate the apple so now if i burn exactly this many calories it's going to be one for one that's that's where there's some disconnect for sure
0: got it in that original instagram post that i cited at the start you had a second slide where you basically said you know to to do this you've got to increase protein and decrease carbs and fat can you unpack that a little bit for us
1: yeah so that's the inevitable question you know okay Got it. Calories. I have to reduce my calories. I have to make sure my macros are in a favorable way. How? Like, give me the specifics. And and I would say for, gosh, over 90% of the people I work with, it ultimately means relative to where they are, they have to increase their protein and decrease their carbs and fat. And it always comes back to the fact that we tend to overeat these processed goodies that are very high in carbs and fat. And so we're just kind of shifting the macronutrient balance in a more favorable way. And that's about it. It's increasing the protein is going to help with that lean mass. And that, of course, burns calories and then decreasing the carbs and fat, because that's also going to drive that fat loss that they want. I think what's interesting here. And this is going to get people probably a little wound up, Patrick. (laughs) But once you reduce your calories and then you set your protein to enough within those calories How you divide out the carbs and fat that remain in that balance don't really matter. So there's a lot of discussion between low carb versus low fat. (laughs) And that argument's a little bit moot in terms of fat loss. Now, there's some interesting discussions to be had for sustainability and performance. But carb and fat ratio really doesn't matter for this improving your body composition and driving fat loss once we have calories controlled and once protein is set within those controlled calories.
0: Got it. Okay, you you start to manipulate a little bit the ratio and the amount of protein, carbs, and fat. Our last conversation that we had was about this this kind of broader progression that we had. Where does that idea of the nutritional progression fit into this? Like, At what point do you kind of do the 800-gram challenge and then say, okay, maybe this isn't quite working, right? You go back to that question of body composition. Is it moving in the direction you want to go? Where do you go? Where are you able to sort of double down if you decide that you actually need to?
1: Yeah. I would say at least two weeks of working on something, probably closer to four, without any positive changes. And the positive changes might not be immediate body composition. It might also be just you know feeling better. Hey, let's let that sink in for a little bit. See if we get some changes. And that's why I push it out to four weeks to really start to see if there's any weight changes. But yeah, and 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 doing it for a period of time before getting more exacting, and then. Mm-hmm. If you're not seeing any results and if you're totally plateaued, yeah, it's time to dive in with with macros for sure and to get really precise on every single thing that you eat every day because that's how now we're controlling all the variables in the system and then we can get the result that we want.
0: hmm and how does somebody go from, let's just assume they're using an app. And I probably don't even know nearly as many of there that's out there, but a generic app out there, they were given a sort of a certain prescription at the start, right? They probably plugged in weight, age, mm-hmm. activity, level, yep. et cetera. I think if they have a coach, I think that that answers itself. But if they're just using an app of some kind, how do they know the right ways to manipulate whether it's macros or whether it's something else? so that they're not just blindly following what you've already kind of told us, which is just, this is an estimate to start with. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you advise folks kind of intelligently tweak those numbers so that they're at least moving slowly, perhaps, but moving in a direction where it's a more realistic and more useful target to hit?
1: I have two answers to that. But the the first one is, let's say that they plug their numbers into MyFitnessPal and they get protein, carbon, fat, and they do them for four weeks and they still don't have the body composition they want. What do they do? Well, the first is to check on the, the overall caloric load. I'm going to assume that they haven't lost weight. So that needs to come down. So they need to lower that calories that they're targeting. Maybe it was at 2,500. I would take it down about 10% ish just because we don't want to get too drastic with our changes. Come on down to like 2,200, 22. 50, whatever that is. So that's their new total calories. Then they're going to check on their protein level. Is it at least at this 0.7 grams per pound of body weight that I've recommended before for lazy macros as a protein target? Mm -hmm. They can even go a little bit higher if they're super into weightlifting and bodybuilding and all that stuff. But is it at least there? Set those calories and then, you know, have the carbs and fat be the remaining number of calories and they can split that how they want and then see that effect. And so it's going to be Always checking in with what their body composition and weight is doing, and then changing their targets typically lower, <laughs> and potentially mm-hmm. skewing protein higher after some effect. So that's the first way. It's like, okay, you got these numbers. What happens there? But I actually recommend most people get their numbers a different way. <laughs> mm. No surprise than online calculators. And I, I do have an old blog post about this. But I I actually recommend people that s- people get their numbers by starting where they are, meaning. If you're interested in doing macros, go ahead and weigh and measure every single thing that you're eating for a week, just a week. Don't try to be good. Don't try to do anything fun with it. Just what you naturally eat. And at the end of the week, Mm -hmm. average the calories across the week. And there's a couple of reasons for that. But really what it is, is we're getting a true snapshot of what you eat naturally, (laughs) where you Mm -hmm. are. And that's the calories that sustain your current weight. And then take those calories and work from there versus whatever the online calculator told you. Why? Because this basis is already accounting for your age, your sex, your genetics, your activity factor, right? It's already like great data that we have live that doesn't have to factor in all these estimates that they're trying to get around. Now, why people don't love that strategy is because they have to wait a week for the numbers. (laughs) But (laughs) I ultimately think they're going to save time because it's a closer starting point to their true starting point.
0: Because it's always fun and useful to ask, where does consistency live in this conversation? Yeah. How important is it? How much do you feel like it is a missing piece in folks' kind of journey through this specific problem or specific challenge?
1: It is the missing piece. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these things only happen in the long term, partially because our caloric deficit to drive weight loss cannot be that significant every day. We're just too hungry if that were the case, we won't be able to starve off, save off those hunger pains, we won't be able to stick to the program. So we make a deficit that is doable. But that also means that to lose a pound, it could take a week or more. And so even Mm -hmm. somebody who's trying to lose five pounds, which isn't a massive amount of weight, they need to adhere to these numbers or adhere to this caloric reduction every day for five weeks without a break, right? And that's for a a relatively Mm -hmm. significant weight loss. So consistency is huge. And I see this all the time is that there's different ways that it pops up. But one of the big ways is, is that people are really good Monday to Friday, and they're not so good on the weekends. Mm. You know, I had somebody reach out to me on DM about a client that they are trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, I don't think she's eating enough. And she's tracking six of the seven days. And she, and I said, there's (laughs) your problem. There is your problem. It's on that seventh day when you're sick of the diet and you're hungry and you just want something else to eat is that you undo all the work that you've done before. Everything counts. Everything counts. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter how frustrated you are with the process, everything counts. And so consistency is the missing piece here.
0: So just to kind of maybe start to wrap this conversation up, how much value do you give to these trackers, whether it's MyFitnessPal or Fitbit or whatever else, where do they fit into your kind of overall prescription of making the kind of progress that folks are looking to make? Is it a nice to have, but not a need to have? Is it simply like, yeah, they're great, but let's do it in the right order? Like overall, what is your take on these kinds of tools, these kind of trackers, these kinds of apps?
1: Yeah, they're tools and they're tools if they're, they're the great tools, if they get the results you want, you know, to the extent that they help with the results you want. I mean, tracking food is a great example, not specific to calories, but it well, it can be, but it's the idea that like, yeah, if that helps you stay on target, and if that helps drive change is great. And if you don't need to use it, great, you know, and so I think that's really the main point here is what I see is that people really get lost in the numbers and what exactly numbers are perfect. And the idea is you know, you don't have to like make these trackers and apps as gospel. What you do know is you know your intake, you can look at that, and then you have a very precise tracker of how you're ultimately doing. You know, with this weight and body composition, that really is a reflection of all of your choices to date. So use it, you know, if you're not losing weight, you're not eating less in the long term. And if you're not you know, losing fat specific to body composition, your macros aren't favorably distributed in the long term. Those are the things that you really need to stay focused on, not whether or not your app told you that you burn more calories today. And so yeah, use the trackers, but don't get lost on what what are the big ticket items that get the results.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I think that is a good place to wrap up. Thank you so much to UEC for folks listening, leaving reviews and sharing with their friends. We'll see everybody next week on The Consistency Project.
1: Hi all, EC here. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Thank you as well for all the support for the five-star ratings and the reviews and for telling your friends or family about the podcast that really does help the podcast grow. And if you want to get the most recent info for me and be up to date on all of my content, the best place for that is my email list. So you can subscribe at optimizeme slash email I send out emails weekly-ish, <laughs> and that's also the best place to get your question in the queue for Quick Bites episodes. So again, that's optimizemenutrition.com slash email, and there's also a link in the show notes.